young people are not sitting home thinking, man, I wish I could add five miles per hour to my fastball. Then just not. How am I going to have an impact in the world? You know, I want to start my own company. Success is status. Smarts, business plans is status. That's the truth of it. And the people who, if you go to Starbucks, the people who are sitting there writing business plans are young people. They're not outside doing push-ups, trying to be who's the fastest. It's just different. The aspirations have changed. Podcast Junkies, episode 173. Welcome back. I'm your host, Harry Duran. If you're new to the show, then uh, you must be interested in podcasters and the lives of the secret lives of podcasters, if you will. <laughs> and this is what the show is about. Not, ne- not necessarily so secret, but fun and interesting. And last week's Nick's, Nick Gobler, Gobler he's, that's a mouthful, host of the Independent Dependent, was uh, no exception. Nick and I met at MapCon, which is Joe Pardo's event, who has also been on the show. And it's a very uh, intimate uh, one-day single-track uh, conference, and I hit it off with Nick, and we had a great discussion. Um, so great that fire engines are, are making noise in the background. So I wonder if you hear those. Anyway, the show goes on as regular listeners to this podcast will attest to. Uh, this week, we have the pleasure of speaking with Barney Waters. He's the host of CEOs Wear Sneakers. This is a really interesting story, guys. I signed up, uh, for those of you that know the entrepreneurial world, Gary Vaynerchuk, aka Gary V. He is prolific in terms of his content, his output. I think he's got 10 people on his team just producing content for him. They just follow him around, et cetera, et cetera. He's no stranger to the entrepreneurial world. I signed up for a, a text message uh, marketing email list, and I was invited to a, an event called Complex Con, which was in Long Beach, which I'd never heard of. And it's this whole sneaker culture um, event. It's, he was huge, huge, huge. I think I'd posted some stuff on Instagram about it. And I was just overwhelmed by by a world I knew nothing about. Uh, fast forward to Gary's talk, which I was there to see. Since I'd gotten a free ticket, I ended up sitting next to Barney. And he's the president of K-Swiss. And for those of you who don't know, Gary, uh, again, broke new ground from a sponsorship perspective. And he's uh, worked with K-Swiss to launch uh, his own shoe. And I think they're on version three. They're at the Gary V03 now. Um, so we hit it off, uh, Barney and I did, at the conference. And we didn't, we didn't chat for a while. And uh, we reconnected, and I was really excited to bring him on the show. And uh, the other thing that happened is that we ended up uh, partnering together to take over his podcast, which we're doing under the Fullcast brand. So it was a win-win there. Um, Prior to that getting confirmed, I wanted to make sure I had Barney on, because I thought it was really interesting, this idea of uh, partnerships with sneaker cultures and how entrepreneurs are the new celebrity. So we talk about, again, uh, with Barney, how we met. And he actually talks about the story of meeting Gary Vee, which is interesting. He talks about the reaction to his, his bold plan to market sneakers to entrepreneurs and how he used the philosophy of judo to improve his business. We chat about the makings of a truly great entrepreneur in today's world and how Barney found his way into the sneaker business. We take note of the people who have uh, realized what Barney's doing with his bold new strategy and how the podcast has led his business forward and some of the surprises that came up. So we also dream a bit about some guests, future guests that might come on the show. So all in all, a great conversation with a, a great, really just interesting uh, host who's doing good things and really wants good things for his business. And it's, it's fascinating to see how he's using a podcast to deliver that. So full show notes, lots of links mentioned and, and quotable tweets, podcastjunkies.com forward slash 173. This episode is brought to you by my company, Fullcast. I've talked about this a couple of times, this idea of me doing a case study program. And so uh, it's about to get started and I'm looking for a few specific people. If you're serious and ready to launch your authority building podcast, 
And if you're running a profitable business, it's not really meant for you if, if it, this is a hobby. And if you have time to work on your show, again, starting in the next week or so, ideally, I'd like you to have some people on your email list. So maybe about a couple of hundred folks on your email list, your MailChimp, ConvertKit, ActiveCampaign, uh, AWeber, what have you, must be friendly and coachable and you can keep a secret. So just all you got to do is email the words case study to harry at podcastjunkies.com and I'll be in touch. So make sure you stay to the end of the episode where I reveal this week's retention hashtag. But for now, put on some comfortable sticks preferably case Swiss, <laughs> and then enjoy my conver- con- conversation conversation with Barney Waters. So Barney Waters, host of CEOs Wear Sneakers, thank you so much for joining us on Podcast Junkies. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having me, Harry. So I always like to tell the story of how we met. Uh, I think it's always interesting because you never know. The, the world is crazy sometimes, and, and sometimes the universe aligns things in a way that you couldn't even predict. Connection goes to meeting you at ComplexCon. I had no idea even existed at the time. And it was funny because I, I signed up for Gary Vee's text message marketing. As you know, with Gary, he's trying to do everything new with uh, marketing. And it's, it's almost like a, a way to fir- get in first all the different offers. And he said, who wants a free ticket to ComplexCon? And of course, I replied and I said, me, I do. I didn't know what I was uh, getting myself into, but then it was it happened to be nearby here in, in, in Long Beach. And then I showed up. It was a whole new world for me because it's this world of, um, I don't even know how you would define it, but it's kind of like the streetwear, like first in line for sneakers and, and hype. Beast. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Somebody said it's like the, it's like, uh, the internet in a, in a warehouse. <laughs> That's a pretty good analogy. So it was great because I went to go see uh, that world, which is interesting. And then Gary spoke, I think, in the morning and then the uh, on day two in the afternoon. And I and we just happened to be sitting next to each other. And he was kept pointing you out. And I was like, "Who's this guy that he keeps pointing to?" That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was chatting about. Uh, I think what, where we bonded is like who's in their mid to you know mid forties. And I was like, you were the only one of the few people to raise their hand. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, the old dude in the crowd. That's me. Yeah. We were the old dudes. Yeah. It's funny because, you know, ComplexCon is, that was only a second year that it's really happened. And it's just sort of become this really big moment on the calendar for sneakers and streetwear and, and culture and all the stuff that's hyped. And it's great. You know, I love it. I sort of went down the first year. We didn't participate K-Swiss the first year. We, I just went down, had a look and thought, wow, we have to be here. And such great energy and so many sort of young people out shopping and looking for what was new. And it's sort of become this annual showcase of all your best stuff. And so to take Gary there, you know, we, we created a collaboration with Gary V. Uh, to take him there, I thought was really interesting because it's pretty non-traditional to have someone like Gary. And, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, you could, you know, walking through the show floor with him, he was just stopped every, every 10 seconds by someone. And just, you know, you're a great example of someone who went to ComplexCon because of Gary, not because of, you know, Nike or sneakers yeah. or anything. And that's, that was kind of the aim with working with Gary was to try and do something different. You know, I just felt like K-Swiss could not compete against those brands at their own game. Uh, you know, you have to throw a curveball to get anyone to listen to you. And I think that was sort of evidence of us doing it a different way and it's still working. So can you talk a little bit about your relationship with Gary and, and maybe the story behind, behind how you guys met? Really around, you know, me taking over as K-Swiss as the president about two years ago and the brand being, you know, really in a, in a tough place and lost, had lost a lot of relevance and was this big old iconic sneaker brand that was 50 years old, but people had forgotten it really, or it was still doing decent business. And, you know, the numbers are still big, but, you know, it was not in the, in the mindset of young people. And so my my job was to bring it back to relevance. And I just felt like, look, I'm not going to win if I follow the Nike model 
and also realized I couldn't beat them at athletes and couldn't beat uh, Adidas at celebrities. And I felt that at the same time, there was this culture of entrepreneurship. If you talk to young people, they're not thinking about playing for the Yankees or the, the Knicks anymore. They're trying to be CEOs and bosses. And this idea of athletes is a little old fashioned. And Adidas, I think, and Puma are two brands that have spent a lot of money on celebrities and rappers, and and they've stolen a lot of thunder from Nike's athlete positioning. And I knew I also there was no, I didn't have the budget to outspend Adidas on celebrities. So this entrepreneur track was my my way of finding a new path where I might be able to be first at something, but also I knew it was real. You know, it was actually happening and. Um, I remember being at the Agenda Trade Show. They have a they have a conference, and all these there was these kids in the front row with skateboards, holding their skateboard decks in their hands, and they were taking notes as they were listening to CEOs. I think the guy at the time was the CEO of Stan Socks, and they're taking notes about how he did it. And I thought, here it is. This is actually happening. You know, these kids are not interested in sort of shallow surface stuff. They want real substance of how am I going to make something in my life. And so we, we zoned in on this position of sneakers for entrepreneurs. And, you know, hey, you want to be an athlete, wear Nike. You want to be a boss, wear K-Swiss. It just really resonated with people. And then I was looking, okay, who's my Jordan? Who's my, the face of this? And I just couldn't come up with anyone. And then it just all, sort of all roads pointing to Gary Vee. It was this guy who was on the internet just talking about exactly what I was saying. He was living it and he was preaching it. And his following was building and building and building. And I just thought, he's the guy. Even though he doesn't look like the guy or he doesn't, you know, on paper, he's, you know, a 40-year-old dude from New Jersey. It was just undeniable that he was the spirit of this movement. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I reached out to him, cold call. Hey, you want to make the first signature sneaker for an entrepreneur? You know, and that was it. He, the, his team wrote back. And, you know, a couple of weeks later, I was in a coffee shop in Hollywood with him and D-Rock was filming it. and. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) And that meeting was the start. It was like pushing against an open door. I believe the entrepreneurs are the new heroes of youth culture. He's like, yeah, no shit. Uh, I said, like, wouldn't it be amazing if to really position that and juxtapose it against Nike's athlete positioning, we did a signature sneaker for an entrepreneur, like a bit tongue in cheek. He's like, 100%. And I'm like, you want your own sneaker? And he's like, yes. That's so amazing. There's so many interesting parts of that story. I think it's this idea of like when you when you have an idea. So it wasn't that Gary that promoted the the idea to you. It's that you you saw this trend for sure. Well, yeah, and and to be honest, it was um, I was originally working with Vice Media, you know, Vice the yeah. company, and their their agency arm is called Virtue. I've got some great old friends who work there from who I've known years and years from my days advertising in Vice magazine back in the day. And they got some like genius people in there. And so originally when I took over K-Swiss, I went to them and said, Hey, help me with some big picture thinking here. And, and, and it was the vice team that originally had said, Hey, what about this entrepreneur thing? When I first heard it, I was like, nah, that's not <laughs> now I'm like acting like it was my idea. Whereas the truth is the kernel of that idea came through vice. And, and this is going back. I mean, I want to say three years at least, you yeah. know, not a new idea but it's taken this long to sort of really get it to a point of bringing it to life because job number one was to sort of, uh, was a survival of K-Swiss, you know, yeah. really struggling. So before I could do anything like fun, I had to 
really try and bring the brand back from the brink financially. So talk about the reaction internally when you, for A, when you pitched this idea and then B, when it actually started happening and they started seeing the results of it. Well, very few people really believed it is the truth and believed in it. You know, just like, yeah, that, yeah, wait, what? You know, or I think everybody hears the idea and goes, yeah, that's pretty good. You know, no one's ever really said like, no, I don't believe that's actually happening, you know. Everybody says, yeah, man, that's really true. You know, mm-hmm. young people are aspiring to be entrepreneurs these days. Is it right for K-Swiss or is it right for the sneaker brand? Everyone's like, well, that doesn't really, that's not how everybody else does it. You know, it was mm-hmm. too out there, I think, for people to really buy into. So even people who sort of were like, yeah, I think this is the right thing to do would go back to the formula, you know, and even myself, you know, I would go like, this is what we have to do. And, you know, but first I got to try and get one of my sneakers into a cool sneaker store and get it on Hypebeast. And I'm mm. like, wait, wait, what am I doing? You know, this is the, I'm playing back to the old formula again. And that's a party that K-Swiss isn't invited to. So like, screw that. I'm going to have my own party. Yeah. I'm not blaming other people for not believing. And it was like me doing it too. And, you know, it takes a lot to have the conviction to say, all right, we're going all in on this, especially when you're kind of, it's somebody else's money. <laughs> yeah. There's tens and tens of millions of dollars at stake and a lot of employees to go down that path, you know, so it did take a long time to really turn the ship to having people believe and, and having the conviction myself to like say, hey, look, we're really going to go for this. It can't be a small expense to start up a, a new shoe line or, or a model, right? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it's really marketing spend and things like yeah. that. And um, so, you know, it's not, it's definitely big numbers, but in, in a comparable to our industry, you know, we're tiny. So we're, we're, we're really David and Goliath in many cases. And so I think we have some big ideas, but, you know, a small voice, which is, you know, frustration, but that's, you've got to earn your spot and you've got to build the bank and have a bigger megaphone as time goes on. You talked about it, uh, I think it was episode eight of the show. You talked about the launch with Gary Vee and, and to anyone who's interested in this idea of like launches and a peek into this world, it's just fascinating because really what I love about the show is it's really designed for a specific audience and you know who you're speaking to and it's the people who like appreciate the ins and outs of just like the fact that you were describing the shoe and the box and everything of like how the launch was happening it just lends itself well to this audience yeah and we're gonna do more of that you know that was actually the first one where we, we didn't interview a ceo so um you know that the model of the show was hey let's interview these young entrepreneurs and put our money where our mouth is in terms of actually living this culture and let's bring young entrepreneurs into our office and understand how they did it and offer some value to our consumer of not just like, hey, we sell sneakers, but we're also bringing some inspiration and to you. You know, our brand mission is to inspire and outfit the next generation of entrepreneurs. It's not just to outfit the next gener- generation of entrepreneurs and sneakers, it's but to inspire them. Okay. Well, what does that mean? Putting great people in front of them and giving tips and creating content and non-product stuff that's really important. So. The, the podcast is really our chance to interview some of those people. But then we realized we should be using this too to talk about some things like sneaker launches. We had this thing with Gary's sneaker launch. Everyone's like, okay, when when is it coming out again? And can I get it here? And where's it available? So many questions. I said, let's just use the pod to to educate everyone on what's going on here. And and that was what we did. Is there anyone else doing that or any of your, your colleagues doing anything similar from a podcasting perspective? I'm not sure if other brands are, are really doing it. And, and listen, we just dipped our toe in, but we're about to go all in on this. I think that, you know, I believe that 
transparency is so critical these days for brands and companies with this with, with this young consumer is they want to know who you are now. Like they're saying, if I'm going to put my money into a brand and give you my money, I want to know who you are, what you're about, what's your purpose, you know, are you, what's going on in there? And are you the right kind of brand for me? And so I think brands have to be transparent now more than ever. And I also think that can be a competitive advantage for us because, you know, when you're a small challenger brand, you've got to find ways to compete against big, strong, mega brands. And, you know, if you take the principle of judo as a martial art, you know, they use, if your opponent's a big, big person, you're going to get your butt kicked if you go head to head with them on their terms. So in judo, you use their weight against them. Yeah. Okay. So you turn their advantage into a disadvantage. And so that's a lot of how I think is, okay, how do I do that? How do I make being small an advantage, not a disadvantage? And one way is to say, well, I can just let people into my company. I can show you what we do at K-Swiss. I don't have to go through the corporate communication department and mm -hmm. get legal review and go through the marketing director who's got to talk to the CMO to get access to the campus. Yeah. I could just start filming tomorrow and be like, yo, look at what we're doing. Exactly. And so that's what we're going to do is we're going to like open the doors and do a ton more of this. And I think what we also don't realize in the sneaker game is how interesting what we do is to people. You know, sometimes we're like, oh God, I, you know, I've got to go to the office today and other people come in and go, oh my God, this place is amazing. Yeah. You know, I've never been in a sneaker design area before. I imagine there's people who are fascinated with the industry, who want to work in the industry, who want to like art designers. They gobble this stuff up because they, they can't get enough. When you're passionate about a topic, I mean, you look for wide and far for any, as much as you can get. And back in the days, we, you know, searching the internet for a small article or any how-to video. But now with things like podcasting and, and the YouTube videos, it's something that Gary talks about documenting the journey. And I think people love to understand, you know, this idea of how the sausage is made. Yeah, absolutely. And and like I said, I think it can be a, an advantage for us to be able to do that. And you know, you know, it's a little daunting to say, do we do we put ourselves out there in in that respect? But I think people don't know K Swiss. That's the thing I hear a lot is like, you know, K Swiss. Uh, yeah, I remember those from back in the day. Yeah. But I haven't heard what you're up to, or oh, is K Swiss still around? And I want to be able to say like. Let me show you. Let me tell you in an ad tagline, but let me actually show you what we're doing today in our office and show you who works there and what they do and what they're about and what we've got going on. And I just sort of think like, hey, why not? So knowing this and knowing that where the trends were with entrepreneurs as, as the new celebrity and the nature of, you've made reference to it in one of your, you know, I think you, had, you were interviewed for a blog a couple of years ago about this idea of entrepreneur DNA and how really like, there's this mindset and it's different than someone who's happy with their nine to five job, right? We're just different ways of thinking. Knowing all that, were you still surprised by, you know, you launch it and, and it's at the point where you're actually having people online. And, you know, I, I saw some of that at ComplexCon, like people were going crazy just to get their hands on the shoe and, and get to meet with Gary. It's true that entrepreneurs are the new rock stars. You know, there's no question that, you know, people like Gary are speaking to the inner emotions of what people are actually thinking about these days. You know, you know, young people are not sitting home thinking, man, I wish I could add five miles per hour to my fastball. You know, I mean, they're just not. They're saying, how am I going to have an impact in the world? How am mm. I going to get money? How am I... You know, I want to start my own company or, you know, it's status, you know, well, you know, success is status, smarts, yeah. business plans is status. 
that's the truth of it. And the people who, if you go into Starbucks, the people who are sitting there running business plans are young people. They're not outside doing push-ups, trying to be who's the fastest. They're like, it's just different. The, the, the aspirations have changed. And so why is a sneaker business still talking about running fast? Just to me, it doesn't make any sense. So, I mean, obviously there's pieces of the business that are important, but when you look at any sneaker company, the percentage of their product that is worn for actual sport is the minority. So if I'm only talking about performance, I'm only addressing a less than 50% of the actual wear occasion of my product. You know, I, I think like a brand like Under Armour is struggling a little bit right now, quite, quite famously struggling right now. They're on this hardcore sport messaging, and I just think they're missing the fact that that's not what people are wearing their shoes for. Yeah. If they are, it's almost aspirational. And it's a great point because when we were younger, you think about the, the early Nike articles, and it's, you know, they're showing people like working out, running up steps, and going like crazy, and like the weekend warriors. And then the thought that if you put on the sneaker, that that's going to imbue you with this ability or this, <laughs> this touch of what this celebrity or what this athlete does. But it is, at the end of the day, all aspirational. Like, if I wear the Jordan shoe, then maybe I'll, I'll shoe like Jordan. Of course. And listen, if you wear the Gary Vee shoe, maybe you uh, end up, you know, hustling 24-7. You know, I don't expect everyone who buys our sneakers to be an actual successful entrepreneur in the same way that I'm sure Nike doesn't believe that everybody who buys their LeBron shoes is in the NBA. You know, their NBA athletes are the same as our real entrepreneurs like you know our shoes are not just for the actual ones it's for the aspiring ones so it's the same way that me as a someone who goes to the wreck on saturday and shoots around you know i'm still buying a hundred and something dollar pro basketball and thinking i'm you know steph curry or what's interesting is though i i think the idea of becoming a successful ceo seems a bit more attainable. I feel like it's something that's grounded in reality and that if you work and you and you have an idea that there's it's a meritocracy and if you work hard and you believe passionately in your idea that you can make it. And whereas with the sports, sometimes it's more of a case of just DNA. I mean, and, and you're, it's in your genes and you have the ability to, to get to that level or not. But I think for an entrepreneur, for CEOs, and they feel like, yes, I, I think I can get there. And, and definitely, a, you know, it's definitely a mindset. And yeah. I and it does not. It doesn't require you to have a, any sp particular age. It requires the risk-taking gene and the the grit, the hustle. You know, that's that's a. I think grit is a is a you know an attribute that's really underrated. There's actually a book called Grit. Yeah. That just came out that really talks about this idea that you know it's more important than smarts and you know what is what is it that sets all these you know they could be a million or you know a hundred Harvard grads and. Some succeed and some don't, and the grit is the ultimate deciding factor. And and I think that's true. You know, when I was a kid, I was out washing cars. I was young, but I was making five bucks a car, and I did ten cars. That's fifty bucks. I was loaded, and I never not worked when I was young. Whether and I had so many jobs. You know, I had that gene of just like hustling. You know, kid that runs a lemonade stand and uh, is is out. That's the entrepreneurship gene. So this is not about who's running a tech company in Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. This could be someone who prints a T-shirt, you know, sticks it up on a website, sells three T-shirts, and then they'll tell you they're the CEO of their own brand. Yeah. 
and they are, you know, it doesn't, it's levels, but it's attainable. Yeah. To the extent where uh, they even go so far as to change their name to reflect their brand, uh, your recent guest, Anwar Carrots. That's right. He changed his name, yeah, to, to actually change his name to Carrot, Anwar Carrots, yeah. Which is crazy. That's when you showed the dedication, right? The commitment, like he literally <laughs> takes it to that level. He's like, hey, man, I'm all in on my name and I'm all in on this brand. And and I, you know, I thought it was really interesting. And um, I think I said something to him like, it's interesting that you'd sort of put, you, you know, you hang all of this just on your name. And he's like, well, like no one's done that before, like Ralph Lauren. And I'm like, good point. So how does... um someone like you end up in the in the footwear industry i lucked into the footwear industry i was in the software industry for a long time i went from software to sneakers and that was really my lucky break in terms of industry and i was always in in marketing in in my youth and in my early career days and i think my you know marketing skills just transferred from one industry to the other and it was just knowing someone who worked at Puma in Boston, where I was living. There was actually a roommate was working uh, at, at Puma, and I would be off going to the software company, and she'd be going off to Puma. And I remember one morning, she, uh, there was a couple of examples. One morning, she said, oh, "I'm leaving early tomorrow because the company's trying to break the record of the most people on a skateboard at one time." And and then another morning, she came up and was asking me for music. I was big into music. And she's like, "I'm trying to. I'm going to a studio today to record music for a sales meeting video." I'm just thinking, and they're paying you to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and those are the two examples where I was like, "Man, I got to work somewhere else, any place." So I'd always dreamed of it, and eventually, uh, I, I sort of found my way in for an interview. When that and the rest is history. At Puma. Yeah, that was a Puma. Yeah. What, what time? What time was that? Because for me, the because everyone's got their sneaker right from their nostalgia, and for me, it was the it was the Puma suede. Yeah. Well, I joined them actually just after that time when that had come. It was about two thousand two. So Puma was doing a lot of really forward design, colorful European style sneakers. So low profile and just some amazing things. Puma was actually on fire and growing really, really fast. And I, I got there after it had already started growing. So I can't claim to have been the spark in any way, but I definitely rode the wave. You know, I was lucky with my timing. I mean, obviously with, um, you're probably seeing this in terms of people getting started and, and then people giving them a hand because they see that they can relate to them or they can see that they were, there was a point where, you know, they remind a younger you. So I'm wondering if there's a relationship with a, with a mentor that comes to mind as you've been working your way through the, especially this footwear part of your career. Yeah. I mean, I had really great people around me my whole career. I mean, looking back on my days at Lotus, which was the software company in the UK, I joined them when I was 19. And it was the most professional, smart group of people I was around. You know, I look back and like, man, that was so lucky to work there. The company was so successful as well. So it was really fun. And then, then I moved to the US with that same company again, surrounded by just incredible people. And then at Puma, one of my mentors in marketing was a guy called Tony Batone, who was the CMO of Puma. And he was just like a, such a big thinker in terms of how he looked at macro trends. And, and, you know, just whenever you thought you were trying to be a big thinker, you realize he was, he was way ahead of you or you looked from a higher plane of what was going on. And I think he taught me how to really keep stepping further and further back to see what was going on and make bigger decisions and, and look at the bigger picture. So yeah, my whole way through, I've just been lucky, really lucky to have uh, great people around me. And then more recently, you know, having taken over as the president, I've, I've had to learn a ton to do that. And again, I've, I've been surrounded by some great people, grown by a Korean company and some of their strategy people are, are, are really 
genius type MBAs and they, they've taught me a ton. So I think it's really a case of surrounding yourself by great people and, and being being open to learn, you know, not, not act like you know everything and to be a sponge and to never stop learning. And I think I've certainly been that way myself. You must have gotten the interest or, or the notice of some of your colleagues at the other footwear companies for what you're doing, because obviously if they've been all this time focused on the celebrities and on the athletes, there has to be, I don't know if anything's been written up in the trade publications about what you've done, but I mean, there, there must be people that have taken notice. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, I don't know if those big companies are really worried about what I'm doing. And I, I think I prefer it that way. If they're not, yeah. you know, you, you definitely don't want to do it, you know, to, uh, have those kind of power bearing down on you and, uh, yeah, just <laughs> like a fly. So the the less they worry about me, the happier I am. And and look, ultimately, it's got to work now. You know, I think the you know we're not where we need to be yet. We're, we've got some great ideas, and uh, ideas and nothing without execution. So I think we're doing a, a decent job all of a sudden of executing now on the ideas. But in terms of success, we've got a long way to go, and we definitely haven't made it. So mm-hmm. I hope I get to the point where the other companies start to worry about what I'm doing. But right now, I'm, I'm sure I'm not keeping them up at night. I definitely hope that one day I will. And that just is going to come from continued execution and sticking to our guns and getting some getting some success at the consumer level. I mean, that that's a hard thing to do. And it takes, you've got to keep going over and over again to start building that recognition and brand awareness and brand heat. And, you know, it doesn't happen in a season. It takes you know, relentless repetition over and over again and hoping, you know, waiting to get your breaks. I was interesting because as, as you talk about the impact of the, the CEOs, the new rock star, there's also something happening with the resurgence of podcasting. So I wonder if somewhere down the line, there may be some uh, collaborations where you look at, you know, someone, because it's all about audience, it's all about fan bases, right? So I'm wondering if there's some, maybe some shows that are so big that, you know, if they tried it, you know, it's, Obviously, you're someone who thinks outside the box. So that's someone that just popped into my head right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, like I said, I but I think in the sneaker industry, especially in the sneaker work, sneaker streetwear layer, it's a little formulaic. You know, it's the same people are being sent the shoes. It's the same influencers. The same mm-hmm. people, the same brands are doing collaborations, and I feel like. Man, there's a whole world of people who never heard of that stuff who mm-hmm. who buy and wear sneakers and. You know, what about them? You know, who's talking to them? So there's definitely brands in the entrepreneur space, in the media space that are non. So in other words, if, if I'm an entrepreneur brand, rather than go to, you know, partner with a cool streetwear boutique, you know, I should be go to WeWork and partner with them. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's where my audience is. If my yeah. young entrepreneurs, that's where they're going. So, you know, the, the, the thing with WeWork is they're kind of a big deal at this point. So yeah. you don't just roll up and start making sneakers with them. They're a massive company. But in terms of that, you know, we share a philosophy with them, of how we see the consumer and where the world's going. So that's non-traditional. And it's interesting with entrepreneurs. You think someone like Tim Ferriss has got a very big podcast audience. You know, it's like, is that right for a sneaker fit? I think Gary was the guy that was sort of on the bubble of like, you know, does someone want Gary's sneaker? Everybody respects Gary's voice, but do they want his sneaker? And and we found out that they do. I think Gary's helped put us on the map for sure. But I think we've also helped Gary sort of move more into this world of style and hip hop. And now he's mm-hmm. in that world. And, yeah. um, you know, Gary's a sort of cultural chameleon. He's in, into gaming and he's into, you know, he's he's all of that. So. But I think having his own sneaker probably gave him a little bit of more license to of credibility in that world. I think any good collaboration is 
you know, has bi-directional value and not just a one-way street. Have you start, started to have these interviews? Is this something that you had done in the past, actually conducting an, an interview on the podcast? Or, and how has that changed as you started to have more guests on the show? No, I hadn't done it at all. I'd always really, really wanted to. I've always like had the dream of being on radio and um, I always call myself face for radio. So TV is not an option for... <laughs> I always loved the idea of radio, and um, but I'd never done it. You know, my... My head of marketing, Patrick Buchanan, who, who does the show with me, yeah. has done a ton of radio okay. and he's done TV presenting and he's an ultimate pro with the most amazing voice. And I always say like, Patrick, man, you got to get, like, you got to be the guy that's out there more. And he's like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to take a back seat. This is your thing. You know, not only had I not done it, but my right hand man on it is, is an expert on it. Mm-hmm. His own podcast that's on that's syndicated on Dash Radio, and this thing I've I've definitely learned a lot, and I've gotten a little bit more confident and uh, relaxed a bit more in in doing the interviews. You know, I think preparation is obviously key, and so yeah, it's been it's been fun. What I like for it so much is that it's, there's a conversational nature to to the it's it doesn't really feel like this the questions are forced. Like I get the sense that I'm sitting in the room with you because it's very casual, and you can relate to the folks that you have on the show, because I get the sense that you've known them and, you know, probably the first round of people that you've known. And that comes through as a listener because you feel like, oh, then there's just friends talking and I'm just like listening in. So those types of podcasts are really work well uh, because you really feel like you're including the listener in those conversations. Well, I appreciate that. And thank you for for saying it. I I definitely picked people I knew for these first ones. So I'm different varying degrees of knowing them, but that helps. I, I've actually thought is, you know, what if I actually snagged a big time name that I didn't know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that'd be a lot more pressure to, I would feel a lot more pressure to kind of deliver or to make it good for them. Yeah. Um, but I haven't, I haven't crossed that bridge. I think we, we, we've got to sort of double down on this strategy of communicating this way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the ones that we've done, I would say are probably like proof of concepts and, and, you know, phase two is to really to get more serious about them. And, and, and like I said to you earlier on is to also bring the video element in blogging, start to blog from inside K-Swiss. And that's something we're, we're working on right now. So, you know, we want to be a lot more transparent in community in communicating in this new way. You know, people are not communicating through 30 second TV spots or magazines. It's done now differently and, and it's not polished. It's like raw and the real us. So we're jumping into that. Has anything surprised you? I know most of these folks that you've had previous relationships with, but sometimes things come out in the course of interviews that you're even like maybe something you didn't know about or you were surprised about. Does anything like that come to mind? I know these people, but I didn't know their their stories and their journeys. I'm just always impressed by how these people have made it. And where, where you know, actually, usually a theme is that you think they've made it, but when they actually t- tell you, it's like, man, we're struggling. You know, everyone's struggling. You think they're, bathing in uh, champagne and, <laughs> and money, but that's not usually the case. But yeah. I've certainly been impressed by what people I've known have been able to accomplish. And in most cases, what's really fascinating is that they didn't go in with a really sort of brilliant plan of action. Or they just sort of stumbled in yeah. without knowing anything about it. I mean, that's what amazes me is there how there's a theme of like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I just stumble in and I'm thinking, my God, I, you know, I, I, that's so different the way I would approach things is, and that's probably why I'm not a successful entrepreneur is because I plan everything to the nth degree versus just, just getting it done and starting. And that's what they've done. And that may be one of the differences between corporate life and, and entrepreneurship. 
Yeah, I think it was, uh, I don't remember if it was Matt Halfhill, but there was someone who used to work at a foot action and he would just, yeah, literally from day one, he said, I was meant for this. Like I, I was just fascinated by the sneakers and you just hear the excitement. You can almost, when he tells the story, you just see like, he just knew that he was destined for something bigger and it's, it's in his, and it's in his DNA. And look, this guy's still, or not still, but is now one of the biggest, you know, voices in, uh, in, in, in the influence of the sneakers, you know, and he came from a, from a store of foot action. It's really funny is there's an old shoe that we're bringing back that's really lightweight. And he told us that he used to sell this shoe and he's, Hey, you guys, let me tell you how to sell this. Cause I actually, he's telling us how to sell it from his experience. He was on the floor, on the floor. And he said, what I would do, and it was just a super light sneaker. It's made of this EVA, very light. He said, what I would do is someone would ask for a size and I'd bring the box out and I'd hand in the box and I'd say, Oh, actually, give me a second. That box was for the display shoes. There's no shoes in it. Let me go grab the shoes from the back room. Wait a second. And he goes, you he walk back to the back room, leave them standing with the box, come back and, and then open the box and the shoes would be in it. And he goes, you see, you never knew the shoes were even in. That's how light they are. You know, so he'd have someone stand as an empty box and then he'd surprise them and go, no, the shoes are actually in there. I was tricking you. And he goes, that's how you sell that shoe. Wow. Yeah. So talk yeah. about a marketing mindset from early yeah, exactly. on. Exactly. So that's really great. There you go. He's the real deal. So I always like to put intentions out, you know, because if, do you have anyone that you'd like to have on the show? Oh, goodness. I mean, I, I would definitely have, have, a, have a long list of people um, that I, I would like to you know, obviously big names and um, uh, there's big names that I'd love to get. You know, you think about big names in entrepreneurship. You've obviously yeah. got, you know, entrepreneur, entrepreneurs like Elon Musk, I think is a fascinating dude, especially when, you know, just recently seeing him at the Met Gala with Grimes and <laughs> was, Oh, wow, yeah. So I'm like, my God, I, my estimation of him just, just went up as a fascinating character. And, um, but there's also other people, you know, there's a, a great entrepreneur in the UK called Sharmadine Reed, someone I met. Who I just think she's fascinating and I have such a smart brain. And um, she turned me down for a podcast recently when I was in the UK. So I'll, I'll get I'll get her on one day. But uh, she's I think she's a great person. There's a lot. There's people from different sort of layers of entrepreneurship that I'd like to speak to. You know, I'll get Gary on one day. But I you yeah. know, always said to people, I've heard other people ask him to come on their show. And he's always said, when you've done your 20th episode, yeah. uh, then ask me. So I just figure that he'll be our 21st episode. Yeah, that'd be great. You know? I think that to tell that story. And come on if I asked him now, but I'm not going to until I've done 20. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, obviously you'd have something to talk about it. But it's it's always something to be said for seeing how the the, the shoe line has, has evolved and seeing how you've you're going to be improving as an interviewer. And he'll have some fresh stories, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just a couple more questions as we wrap up that I always ask. What's something you've changed your mind about recently? Oh, goodness. Um, well, I, I try, I can't think of anything specific, but I, I do try and change my mind. If I try not to be too stuck in a rut or stubborn, I, especially around my team. You know, if you ask any of my team, I'm super opinionated and you know, I'm kind of a mile a minute mm -hmm. fast thinker, but I do try to not be stubborn and to be able to take other other opinions and change my mind if it if you know if i'm wrong i'll say i'm wrong and i'll i'll move it i can't think of anything recently but I'm, i do it every day so yeah. I, I hope i change my mind every day on things that's good you're open to it what would you say is the most misunderstood thing about you i'm pretty open about my you know i'm not someone who holds their thoughts in so 
I, maybe I don't leave that much room to be misunderstood because I over-explain what I'm thinking all the time and to, to a fault, you know, people will be like, my God, I wish you'd shut up. I wish, <laughs> I wish we had a chance to misunderstand you because you keep explaining everything. I'm definitely an over-explainer. That's good. I do feel like I feel understood and valued and respected by my colleagues and my family. So I'm, yeah, I'm just really lucky that way to have those kind of people around me who uh, take the time to, to understand me and vice versa. And I feel lucky about that. That's important. Well, uh, Barney, thank you so much for spending time with us. This is really fun uh, to hear this, the, the backstory about the podcast and, and, and about how you, you had this uh, sneaker launch. I think a lot of uh, our listeners resonate because not only are they podcasters and fans of podcasts, but a lot of them are successful and aspiring CEOs. And I, I think hearing the stories from another industry of people that are, you know, they're new CEOs and they're starting companies that may not be tech related, but it's actually in the footwear industry. The stories and the through lines are sometimes the same. And I think it's anytime you can tell those stories and people can find a way to relate to them, I think it just makes us more excited about this path that we're on. Yeah. And I appreciate you having me on and, and the opportunity. And, you know, like I think I said to you once before is don't hold me up as an example of a great podcaster. <laughs> I'm just, a, I'm a baby in this and I'm learning and yeah. I know I've got a long way to go, but I really appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity. Yeah. And I think it just speaks to this idea of just getting it started. Like don't overthink it, do it, and yeah. then you can improve as you go. That's right. Uh, where can people find more information about you or, or track you down if they wanted to connect with you online? Well, the, the podcast is CEOs Wear Sneakers. You can find that where you find podcasts, search on K-Swiss or CEOs Wear Sneakers. And, and myself personally, uh, Instagram, I'm probably the most active on and I'm at, at Barney Waters. And that, that's where you'll find me. And of course, at K-Swiss to see what we're up to. And uh, yeah, any support or t- pay some attention to K-Swiss, I appreciate it. Well, thanks for the time. I really appreciate it. You got it. Thank you. So thanks again to Barney Waters for coming on the show. Much appreciated. Love this idea of the entrepreneur being the new celebrity. Full show notes with summaries, timestamps, tweetable quotes, and links mentioned at podcastjunkies.com forward slash 173. Intro and outro music composed by my boy, George Abiana, aka Cedar and Soil, cedarsoil.com. Don't forget to look out for me at Podcast Movement. It's coming up. 23rd to the 26th in Philadelphia. I'm going to be wearing the obnoxiously loud Podcast Junkies t-shirt. Uh, look for that. I'd love to connect with you. I'm going to put together a meetup as well, trying to find the best location and the best time. Ideally, Monday evening uh, would probably is what I'm thinking. So tune in next week for my conversation with Andy Wang, host of Inspired Money Podcast. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter, podcastjunkies.com forward slash eight tools to get a weekly update when episodes are live and to download a free PDF of the eight tools I used to launch Podcast Junkies. Thanks for everything you do. And if you're waiting this long, it's because you want the retention hashtag. So let's go with K-Swiss Barney, one word, K-Swiss Barney. And you can tag Barney at, at Barney Waters. B-A-R-N-E-Y-W-A-T-E-R-S and myself at podcast underscore junkies. Thanks for everything you do to support the show and spread the word. I really, truly appreciate it and I appreciate you. Have a fantastic day.